Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. I thought I'd bring a little solar thought. Um, we might play Here Comes the Sun also as we count down to the day with the least amount of sun. I think we have a guest on the phone. Well, if I turn up your voice. Tree song, are you there? All I can hear is Paul talking. 
day of the year so I thought we'd talk a little bit about the fact that the sun is coming back um Trisong, are you there yes I am here <laughs> alright um it is very interesting times right now we've got the worst fires in history in California Texas got snowed and we finally got a little bit of winter yeah yeah we don't have snow yet, but it's definitely chilly. So, the most accurate climate models predict greater warming study shows. New research says we should pay more attention to climate models that point to a, a hotter future and toss out projections that point <coughs> to less warming. The findings, published Wednesday in the journal Nature, suggest that international policymakers and authorities are relying on projections that underestimate how much the planet will warm and by extension underestimate the cuts in greenhouse gas emissions needed to stave off catastrophic impacts of climate change. Quote, the basic idea is that we have a range of projections on future warmings that came from these climate models and for scientific interest and political interest we wanted to narrow this range, said Patrick Brown, co-author of the study. We find that the models that do the best at the best at simulating the recent past project project more warming. End quote. Using that smaller group of models, the study found that if countries stay on a high emissions trajectory, there's a 93% chance the planet will warm more than four degrees Celsius by the end of the century. Previous studies placed those odds at 62%. Four degrees of warming would bring many severe impacts, drowning small islands, eliminating coral reefs, and creating projected heat waves around the world, scientists say. In a worst-case scenario, the study finds that global temperatures could rise 15% more than projected by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, about a half a degree Celsius more in the same time period. Well, to be honest with you, it's kind of hard to talk about global warming when it's cold out but the whole point of global warming is it causes extreme weather conditions and you know what did it get Uh, down to like 16 degrees last night something like that and part of why it feels so weird now is because we just had a you know unusual heat wave 
uh, for uh, this time of year. So then we went from that to this really cold weather. Yeah, right. And, you know, regardless of what's going on in our region, the climate deals with longer trends over time and over large regions, you know. So, uh, but, but, yeah, this study speaks to something that I've been speaking to for years about how the IPCC, it's, you know, people who oppose global warming action see it as this making these extreme pronouncements, but it's actually conservative in its estimates. You know, well, it I mean, it's the, like doing an average, not showing extremes. Yeah, and it shows the the stuff that there's the most most weighty evidence, most amount of evidence for. But now this study shows that some of those other models that they haven't looked at as much are actually uh, more accurate in modeling recent uh, events. So then that's they're saying it may be more accurate in modeling future events too. Well, I mean, hasn't there been like a whole group of people say we have to try to keep it under two degrees Celsius of warming? Yeah, well, like the the whole world with the Paris Climate Accord. You know, the little minor group of people, every single country except the United States. And right now they they're saying now with this new grouping a model there's a 93% chance the planet will warm more than 4 degrees Celsius. Yeah. So more than double what everybody has said is the most the you know the minimum we have to keep it to to not have catastrophic crazy. Yeah. So. There's a great book uh, 6 degrees by Mark Linus that explores some of the science of what will happen with each degree of warming. And it's, I say great in the sense of it's very informative. <laughs> you may want to have some, some cheery thing to read after it to, to not get too depressed over circumstances. But, um, well, what keeps me four degrees is a lot, is basically what I'm saying. What keeps me from spiraling <laughs> right now is I just went and took a picture of my crew, which is like five blocks from the radio station, installing a solar system on, you know, a 20 degree morning. It's <laughs> just oh, like yeah. they're out there doing it and. You know, that little bit will help. So yeah, well, there's an old saying that action is the antidote to despair. If you're feeling despair about climate change or other things going on in the world today, then find some way to, to take action on it in your own way. Well, right now in California, I've had at least two friends post on social media that they have evacuated safely. One of them just barely did in time, and so it's intense i mean coincidences southern california is burning and so is rupert murdoch's house for your consideration a series of facts there are five five wildfires currently burning in the los angeles area today and upwards of 50,000 people have been evacuated yeah and they uh one of the facts, too, is the video, which we can't show you over the radio, obviously, but there's some pretty intense video of these fires out there. I've looked at a couple of them. If uh, you would like to receive the video, fire. email info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and I will forward you the newsletter. Yeah. So this has been and continues to be California's worst wildfire season to date. There are many reasons for that, including increased drought, Tree disease and rising temperatures due to climate change. So climate change is playing a factor in all this. Now, California news station NBC4 reported that media mogul Rupert Murdoch's $30 million Bel Air estate is one of the homes to succumb to the blaze. 
Now, Rupert Murdoch has deemed climate change alarmist nonsense. That's a direct quote. We're not just paraphrasing him. And it's, it's totally coincidence that the denialists uh, happen to have their, their house burned down. I really do wonder, you never know, like maybe this will spark an awakening for him. He'll really get some thought about why his $30 million home just burned down. Well, I mean... So the yeah. destruction wrought by climate change has a disproportionate effect on low-income people and people of color. So they say Rupert Murdoch will be fine, but that's an educated guess, not a fact. Yeah, so... Now, in other news... This has been a big issue for my company. The tax bill impact. What happens to renewable energy? <laughs> the Senate voted la early Saturday to approve a major overhaul of the U.S. tax code that critics say would decimate clean energy investments while continue to hand out tax breaks to the oil and gas industries. The sweeping tax system overhaul bill which represents the biggest corporate tax cut in the country's history and would reach into many areas of American life, also contains language that would open the door for oil and gas companies to drill in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. While the Senate version proposes preserves tax credits that have spurred huge growth in the wind and solar industries, it contains an obscure provision that would undercut investment in renewables. Larger challenges for clean energy lie in the House of Representatives tax proposal, which passed in mid-November. That version takes a whack at a bundle of clean energy tax credits that were extended in 2015 in exchange for lifting a decades-old ban on crude oil experts. Now the two chambers begin work on reconciling their versions of the bill. The clean energy industry is bracing for a fight. And, um... I mean, basically, currently there's a 30% federal tax credit, and all of a sudden there's a bunch of people who are wanting to buy solar right here at the end of the year because they don't know if that 30% tax credit will still be there next year. Yeah. It's that simple. So, I mean, this tends to be the common theme where they swipe out everything and then see who complains the most, and then they'll put stuff back in, right? Yeah. So the squeaky wheel gets the oil. So what's next? Lawmakers now work to settle differences between the two bills, and environmental and clean energy groups are watching closely. The fight's not over, said Evan Vong, a spokesperson for the American Wind Energy Association. Members of the Senate Finance Committee, which writes tax legislation have signaled that they would also make changes to clean energy credits later using spending measures as they did in 2015. It's clear, though, that neither chamber is likely to scale back provisions in the tax code that boast the fossil fuel industry. Quote, If you're actually trying to address the challenges we're facing with the deficit and how to offset those costs, the first place you might cut is the $14 billion in subsidies for the oil and gas industry, said Elizabeth Null, a legislative director with the Natural Resources Defense Council. Neither the House nor the Senate did that. Now, my opinion is, if we're really a free market economy, we shouldn't have any incentives for anything, right? I mean, ideally, solar wouldn't get incentives, but neither would coal and, you know, the gas industry. So... 
They're giving $14 billion in industry in subsidies to the oil and gas industry. Well, maybe they could give a billion dollars to renewable energy. Would yeah. that be a balance? No. But they should do both or do neither. If this is truly a free market economy, let industries fight it out. Well, and I, I, my opinion tends to be that they should intervene in favor of renewables. <laughs> but uh, they're intervening in the opposite direction, which is, you know, if they decide they want to cut some sort of subsidies, they could start by cutting all of those fossil fuel subsidies, every last one of that $14 billion they mentioned. Uh, and that would, that would save $14 billion in the uh, budget. <laughs> it's, like <laughs> it's like, oh, let's see, uh, where can we get $14 billion? Will we... Uh, provide less food for hungry people or will we reduce the fossil fuel subsidies? It's a tough choice. Tough choice for some people in Congress, apparently. So it's some other more, some more interesting and more happy news. <laughs> Excuse me. B- before you say that, today is na- National Brownie Day, so that's happy news. Oh, yeah, that's happy news, too. <laughs> I, re- I need to find a way to celebrate that. I don't <laughs> have any like... brownies in the house, but... <laughs> Maybe when I go out. I got some right, mint so chocolate chip brownies in my freezer. Did you know you could store them? Oh, there's an idea. That's a <laughs> dangerous idea. <laughs> I'll end up with lots of brownies in the freezer. <laughs> All right, so London hails electric cabs for a fare to a different world. Wi-Fi, USB charging, and even a sunroof are among the new features of the six-seat battery-powered cabs with a range extender of up to 400 miles. Well, that's, you know, 400 miles, that's, that's pretty far if it's even a, you know, gas-powered car. <laughs> Fears match those of diesel predecessors, so users can go green at no additional cost. You can see very clearly this is a London black cab. Uh, Chris Scubby, chief executive of the London Electric Vehicle Company, I <coughs> told Reuters, Reuters, quote, However, everything is new. It has all aluminum body and electric engine with range extender. But most importantly, it's bringing clean air to London, he said. Although the upgrade to a new set of wheels will set back cabbies about 55,000 pounds, or roughly $74,000, Gubby says it will also save about 100 pounds on average weekly fuel costs. It's not a step up, it's a thousand steps up. It's a different world, said Pat Follin who switched to one of the new vehicles after nearly 10 years driving older versions. All you can really hear is the tires on the tarmac and the wind. Have you ever ridden an electric car? It is um, really creepy how quiet they are. <laughs> yeah. It's like I've ridden in a Tesla, and there was one of those, what is it, um, a vulture in the, world, in the road eating one of those dead animals, and we almost ran it over because it didn't hear us coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've heard with the increase of electrics that there are now some people who sound like a little device that creates a sound so that the animals get out of the way. Like an ultrasound, like sounds that humans can't hear, but the animals hear it, so we don't run over the animals. Because they're so quiet. And they, there's no, you know, there's no real pollution. So it's... And then, I, you know, I, you also don't think of, I kind of think of the environmental benefits, but that may describe some of the luxury elements of, you know, USB charging, which... I guess a lot of vehicles probably have now, but it's probably more efficient with the electric. And the Wi-Fi, definitely a lot of vehicles don't have still. 
and I mean, the exciting thing about this program is the cabs came out ahead of the new rules London is adopting within the next few weeks. They're literally saying new cabs to be either hybrid or completely emission-free. Yeah. And so they're they're already available before they even put the rules in place. Yeah. And so the, well, well, just yeah. because it's becoming so economic now. And I feel like there might be, like, maybe not in the U.S., because the U.S. is still uh, culturally behind on such things, but I feel like there might be a swift change in the market uh, very soon with vehicles. Because if you're in a city like London and there are all these cabs and some are electric and some are not electric and they all cost the same, like, why not go with the electric ones? Yeah, I mean, the company is now called the London Electric Vehicle Company. They were called the London Taxi Company. But... Yeah people like them so much they're expanding they're selling them in amsterdam uh second european location is in the pipeline and just in london they expect half the current fleet of black cabs by 2021 which is just a couple years from now to be electric so yeah so what is the holidays? It says take it in the ear day. What does that mean? Maybe like let someone yell at you? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what that one means. Yeah. Coming up is Christmas card day, International Children's Day, and National Pastry Day. Oh, so it's a good weekend for sweets. You've got Donnie Day and then Pastry Day. Sunday is one we won't want to miss, Human Rights Day. Every day is a good day to celebrate human rights. And coming up, it's the beginning of Hanukkah, Poinsettia Day, and Ice Cream Day. And Violin Day is also coming up. On Thursday is International Monkey Day. It says Roast Chestnuts Day. I'm trying to think if I've ever actually had a roast chestnut. Yeah, I don't think I have. It's, I feel like it's come up before, and I've still never had one. But it's the time of year for it, I guess, so maybe this will be the year. Don't forget it's Write a Friend Month, and I highly recommend signing up on a website called Post Crossing. For every postcard you send out to a random person, you will receive a random postcard from someone in the world. In Happenings. Yeah, sounds like a good deal. It is the beginning of the Indoor Winters Farmer's Market, Saturdays 9 till noon at the Carbondale Community High School. The vendors bring out lots of great produce, lots of greens, baked goods, meats, body products, honey, crafts. Sip a cup of coffee, enjoy some ready-to-eat foods, and check out everything the local producers have to offer. There's a lot of producers who have hoop houses now, and therefore will have a lot of greens and fresh vegetables throughout the winter. Yeah, I actually made it out there for the opening uh, last week, and it was a great time. Also coming up, the New Humanist Forum, Scientific Advances That Might Change Our Lives. It's coming up on Sunday, December 10th, from 12.15 to 1.30 p.m. at the Carbonell Unitarian Fellowship. The uh, Joe, Joe Schmidt will present Scientific Advances That Might Change Our Lives. Breakthrough discoveries in the medical, scientific, and technological fields will be explained in an entertaining style. Joe earned his Ph.D. at Purdue and is now a retired Chair of the Department of Biochemistry and Molecular Biology, SIU Carbonell School of Medicine. 
His research focused on enzymes, metabolism, and genetics. Uh, now, it's, it's great to have such things explained in an entertaining style, as they mentioned, you know, because the actual science itself seems kind of dry on paper, but then when you get someone who sees the implications of it and starts talking about them, it can be a very exciting thing. So Sunday, 12.15 to 1.30, Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship. Also on Sunday, the Gaia House Holiday Party. Sunday at 6 p.m. at, of course, Gaia House. Join for the Gaia House Holiday Party. They will have an open dinner for anyone interested in the future of Gaia House. They hope to see you there. Welcome any suggestions or ideas how to revitalize Gaia House. What worked best in the past? What do you envision in the future? There have been times in the past when Gaia House nearly closed its door. That cannot be allowed to happen now. With the United States and world in such turmoil, it is crucial that there be places that support tolerance, diversity, and interfaith community. Thank you for continuing to support Guy House Interfaith Center. If you can donate money, rent space for your group, or offer volunteer hours, please do so. We need you, your time, your talents, and your community to be effective. This this is a note from the Guy House Interfaith Center Board of Directors. The Guy House Holiday Party, Sunday, December 10th at 6 p.m. at Guy House. Yeah, and you can RSVP at board at rguyahouse.org. I actually wish I was going to make it to that, but I'm going to be out of town, so I wanted to be sure to invite other people who care about Guy House to uh, RSVP and, and show their support. So we also have coming up in Happenings. Building a Welcoming Community. This is coming up on Tuesday, December 12th at 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the Faculty House, 810 South Elizabeth Street in Carbondale. Southern Illinois Immigrants' Rights Project representatives will discuss what is being done to assist immigrants and educate the community. So it's an introduction to the work of the Southern Illinois Immigrants' Rights Project. And it's, it's great to see on the local level people doing stuff related to immigrants' rights because... On the national level, there are so many problematic things happening with that. Um, you know, it's a good time to do it any time. This country has always needed to work on that issue, but uh, now is especially a good time. Girls Rock After School, Wednesdays, 3.30 to 5 at the Flyover Social Center. Girls Rock Carbondale is now hosting a free after-school <coughs> program every Wednesday, 3.30 to 5.30, at Flyover Social Center, 214 North Washington in Carbondale. The program will be open to girls, trans, and GNC youth 12 to 18. Previous campers age 16 to 18 may apply to help launch our new youth mentor program. Guardians can drop off youth at 3.30 and pick up promptly at 5.30 at 214 North Washington Street. Girls Rock After School is a space to explore creativity, engage with music and art, and meet with peers with similar interests in music and the arts. More information, girlsrockcarbondale.com or email grc.carbondale at gmail.com. Looks like Flyover yeah, is becoming a happening place, huh? Yeah, it is. And they've got, girlsrockcarbondale.com has got a whole list of, you know, like the summer program they do and the different themes they've got coming up. It's a great resource. And, yeah, so one last item, Transported Playground, is coming up on Thursday at 8 p.m. over at the Flyover Social Center. 
It's uh, the freshest poetry event in Southern Illinois. People are invited to bring material on theme or not. A new poet or a veteran poet, or just audience members. It helps staff people listen to the poetry, too. So once again, Flower Social Center, 8 p.m. on Thursday. If you have a happening event and would like it to happen, send it to us, the happening guys. Info at yourcommunityspirit.org And also let us know at the same email address if you're interested in receiving our newsletter. All the stuff we talked about with links to pictures and videos and, of course, websites with more information about anything we've talked about. I think I want to go out on the Here Comes the Sun theme as we count down to the shortest day of the year and the beginning of winter. Isn't it interesting, the beginning of the winter is when we welcome the sun to start coming back. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like winter begins and then we get the days longer and longer and longer. Yeah. It's almost... <laughs> Sometimes you appreciate what you have once it's gone and yeah, you try just... to invite it back. So, this has been Ord to Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we'll see you again on the radio next week. Happy holidays. Stay warm. Here comes the sun, little darling. Here comes the sun. I say it's all right. It's all right. Here comes the sun, little darling. Here comes the sun. I say it's all right. Little darling